Avengers. This is episode number 11. Today we'll be talking Justice League, a big discussion. This is your host, Christian. Tom. And Damon. Shaking it up a little bit. This is the all-new LBS. Uh, I wanted to start off with, uh, it's Thanksgiving time, guys. And I thought, what better way to ask the two family men of this group what they're doing for Thanksgiving this year? Well, normally I would say eating a lot, but I've been on the Whole30 diet for going on eight months. So I'm hoping to be reading a lot of comic books and watching a lot of sci-fi films. Lots of meditation. (laughs) (laughs) Practicing self-control. Right. Um, this will be the first year where I don't have to double dip between two families. Ooh. We're all coming together. So it should be interesting. I'm sure drama will ensue. <laughs> um, I feel like Clark Griswold. So we'll, oh, we'll, we'll see, um, you know, where I'm at next week. If I'm totally gray and, you know, just, you know, in the corner shaking and crying. <laughs> um, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, so. That's awesome. All right, and I'll just be avoiding awkward conversations and eating as much as possible because I'll be with my girlfriend's family as usual. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> my mother-in-law moved to North Carolina, so it's not as easy for me to get in those real awkward places. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky you. I have to look for them. That's funny. Um, I wanted to ask a little corny question. Uh, what comic book are you most thankful for? Mm. Th- all time or this year? All time. All time. Ooh, Ooh, all time. I wasn't ready for all time. <laughs> I'm ready for this year. This year's answer is Super Sons. Mm-hmm. Nice. I love the dynamic between those two, Damien and Jonathan, and I love the way they you can see parts of their fathers in each one of them that makes them different, but also the same as, as similar to their fathers. The banter is sharp and right on note. It's funny. It's lighthearted. It's everything a comic book should be. That's and awesome. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Super Sons, and you know, you if you just told me the concept, I would say, "Oh, this looks really cheesy." I know. Um, but it, it's now to the point where I think I actually have to like pick it up because I'm just hearing I a know. lot of when people. When I first, they did a, I don't know if it was a trial balloon, but sorry, they did a trial balloon on this. They had a kind of a version of this in the Superman run, where they pulled in the Sons and they went on this little escapade and they were ripping and running, and then about a month later, Super Sons came out. And when I read that issue, I'm like, this is awesome. Really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'll have to check it out. I really will. Um, For me, did you want to say all time? Or you got to think I'll about have it? to think. Okay, because yeah. that, is, that is hard. <laughs> um, um, For me, this year would definitely be Mr. Miracle. Just awesome. Um, It's gotten me to enjoy comic books like I did when I was like, you know, 13, 14. Darn, you stole brought, like the, Yes, <laughs> it was a long, long time ago. Um, That's definitely mine for this year. Um, but I got to go back to Killing Joke. You know, the, it's probably the book that defines me as a comic book fan. Um, just, you know, everything I love in that book. I, I, I consider it high art, um, and it's a book that I can revisit every year and still pull something out of it that I really, really love. Ah, man. I mean, yeah, the same for this year. Mr. Miracle has gotten me back into loving to read these books. And, you know, instead of, you know, casually every once in a while this makes me want to go in every week and i'm still waiting for number five to come out i'm still waiting for number six seven whenever they release um all time i mean batman will always be my favorite character uh and i was even nicknamed him for a while in high school (laughs) mostly because i wore all black on a regular basis And I did walk around <laughs> singing the like Batman theme song, like the Danny Elfman or the na 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 na. That's Danny Elfman, and um, I would do the dun, 
dun, dun, from the uh, Dark Knight. Oh, <laughs> nice. nice. Okay. Wow. I like yeah, it. I was uh, a little nuts back then. <laughs> but um, back then, huh? God, if I had to pick just a single book, I would probably say Watchmen because that, when I was in high school, was the book to to read. It was the book that got me through a lot of high school that I was reading, doing reports on on a regular basis. Just loved all those characters, and I always loved Rorschach, and I always. Yes, it's just such an important story, and I'm glad, I, glad and terrified for uh, Doomsday Clock because I want to know where this is gonna go. I'm very excited. It's coming out tomorrow, it and I want to read it so bad. <laughs> um, it's, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was the other two books I'll tr- I'll throw in there because I really can't separate these two out. Joe the Barbarian, I think that's a Grant Morrison book. I'm not um, sure. Yeah, I think okay. it's Grant Morrison. It's got so many layers to it. It's again about a boy who's got a health condition. He's diabetic, and you see him go into these kind of almost like hallucination kind of places due to a diabetic kind of trance. And I think that's a really awesome book. Another one I will put a shout out to, it's a more recent one, is uh, Brian K. Vaughn's Paper Girls. When I read Paper Girls, it just takes me right to that sweet spot. It's It hits a lot of the same boxes that the Netflix Stranger Things hits, and I know that's an easy comparison to make. It's four girls. They're, they're going around in these different kind of paranormal adventures, but the dialogue is always right on. The girls are so crass and yet just so relatable in some mm-hmm. ways, and there's a... D- you can The characters, the three girls, the four girls have different characteristics between them, and I think Brian K. Vaughn is such a good writer. So I would I would throw those two books out there. He is he is a great writer. I'm a, I love his stuff on uh, Runaways, so he, I, I actually want to check that out. Is that, did you bring up that book a couple podcasts back? Uh, Joe the Barbarian, or no, Paper Girls? Paper Girls. Paper Girls, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I've been meaning to check that out, definitely. I read Runaways that in graphic novel, because I like to read the whole thing, yeah. all I like five issues at once. Sorry. I've got a few books like that. Runaways, the show starts this week. Yeah, I have to. I don't have Hulu. It's on Hulu, right? Yeah, I have Hulu. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I, I we'll have, have to, to talk afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I need, well, I'll be getting Hulu. <laughs> yeah, if it's good. So it's I, getting I'm, it's getting middling reviews. It's like um, a lot of people are saying it's really good, and then there's of course a lot of people yeah, are saying it's okay. It is what it is. I have know? to judge for myself. I hear yeah. what you're saying though. Um, the one thing back to Watchmen, I consider that the, like the holy trinity. Mm-hmm. You know, Killing Joke, Watchmen, and Dark Knight. Those to me are the holy trinity of like my fandom, so I totally agree. Watchmen wise, I actually with the whole um, Watchmen series starting tomorrow, I really need to go back and I need to reread it, um, just yeah. to get kind of you know refreshing. Oh, on just it. for fun. Why yeah, not? oh, it's yeah. such a <laughs> it's, it's it's another book that you can revisit over and over again, pull something different every time mm. you like. You so know, let me it. ask the Batman fans, what do you think about Nightfall? Uh, that's a book that I read back in the day, not knowing that it was going to end up being one of these stories that a lot of people <laughs> go back to and they, they talk about. I really liked it at the time, but... You know, I enjoyed it. I can remember enjoying it, but I can't remember much about it. Okay. You know? Yeah, never <laughs> so mind. It's one of those. It's rabbit holes. Stop me, like, <laughs> me in my tracks. So it's oh. definitely a book, though, now that you say it. Is, would you consider it like, one of your favorites? Yeah. I uh, Just thinking about it more, I picked it up. I think there was, there's, o- there's a number of issues in it. Like, in other words, it's like 12 or 13 issues. And I, I really remember enjoying that that whole story. I have to re- I have to revisit it. There's a lot of books I need to revisit. That, okay. You know, um, that, that's definitely one. And that's actually a segment that we're going to start doing 
soon um mm-hmm. going back and giving kind of our like picks okay. um like our retro picks and everything yeah. so that'll be coming relatively soon we were yeah talking. i mean we've yeah. done that with killing joke we might as well do it with a couple yeah more. we have yeah. some open spaces to do it yeah so. yeah so there's so much good stuff out there yeah and really i mean if you want to get a good deal on it there's black friday coming out with uh comiXology has good deals on trades about 50 to 75 percent off nice oh wow not that they're sponsoring us or anything but, uh, <laughs> right it would be nice if they would <laughs> i thought it would be interesting just to see if there's any like comic book deals out there for black friday i didn't see a whole lot it was mostly for last year yeah. which drove me nuts but other than that um there was a website called cheap graphic novels that had 50 to 90 percent off on books oh, nice. i mean that's bringing it down from four dollars to 99 cents so I know One Stop usually does something um, that's the, our local comic book store. Always usually. support your local comic book yes, store. Yes, absolutely. So important um, that they it's like through the whole weekend where they do yeah. a huge sale. And I know... I go to Graham Cracker Comics um, out in Wheaton, and they have a sale going on right now. It's I think it's 50 cents on all back issues. Oh, nice. wow. That's really nice. So that's a good deal. Yes. All right. Um. Mr. Damon here brought some interesting news this week uh, that I thought would be good for news and noteworthy. What, what was the news, Christian? <laughs> I see <laughs> I'm draw, toys I'm and gaming, or I see toys. Is that a Damon thing? Are you talking about? To- oh, I'm talking about um, Marvel's new editor in chief. Oh. oh, can you say his name for me, please? God. <laughs> Can we edit this out? <laughs> we'll need to edit I like, this out. I was out. like, I didn't see this in the agenda, there's, Christian. There's another, another bit of, yeah, that's it. I mean, Marvel's got some changes at the top. And I have to Google them. I think yeah. what I've heard about this new editor-in-chief, we don't know his name, but I guess he's known for <laughs> he searching did. and looking for independent, kind of diverse artists. And Right creative. now I know he's in charge of, uh, they were doing uh, international work. So he was okay. across, he was like, I think in Japan, okay. doing a lot of stuff. Um, CB's his first name, but his last name always throws me for a Sabuski. Yeah, sub, sub- I'm totally <laughs> slaughtering that. Um, he wrote Darkhawk for a while, which I okay. was a big fan of in the '90s. Um, I believe he did something with the Runaways. I could be wrong, um, but he's actually um, a writer that I admire. So I'm interested to see, you know, his, you know, what he's going to bring leadership wise yeah. to Marvel. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. Change is always good. I mean, there's a lot of changes going on, especially with Bendis gone. And yes, so we need some good direction. Yeah. Let's see did what's they, going. Did they ever say why they made the change? Was it something where um, Axel wanted to step down, or was it something that he was like forced out? I'm not aware. See, I yeah, no, I didn't. And they, none of the articles mm-hmm. I read mentioned it. Um, so that might be to everybody's credit too, because mm-hmm. you don't hear a lot of people complaining. On both sides, yes. So, so I wonder if this feels very professional. I and might be trying to keep it, yeah, you know, as professional as possible. So, but change is good. So I'm excited to see what yeah. he brings to the table. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm just I'm worried for Marvel, especially based off of what we've been reading and everything. Especially, um, we're gonna be talking about uh, Marvel's current run with the Avengers and Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm. <sighs> It's just not that kind of story that I would like mm-hmm. and read, especially after um, you know you have all these big events that have mm-hmm. been going on. They've been very dark, very mm-hmm. grim, right. and then we get this very kind of old school, mm-hmm. almost borderline childish story. It feels like out. an '80s Avengers book. It, it really kind of fits does. With the MCU better though, it, it does feel like it. Yeah, it does. Feels like a, a a classic adventure kind of story, but yeah. it's not kind of the book that you would expect them to lead with with their legacy event. 
So I'm, you know, that's how I kind of feel about it. Like I've actually read a few issues of it and I've enjoyed it more than that first issue of Avengers that came out the six, Mm -hmm. whatever, 635, whatever (laughs) the numbering is, which is going to totally change in a a year Uh or two back to brand new issue number one, (laughs) Um, whatever Marvel. Um, But um, reading more about it, I've enjoyed it. Um, But yeah, is it the kind of book that you want to start off your big, you know, legacy run with? No. You know, and I, I maybe they're just trying to tread water until December when they start the whole sixteen mm-hmm. month, you know, or sixteen week run that they're gonna do. But I don't know. The we'll thing see. that the thing that tracks for me with the worlds collide, and I've been I'm one of these people that decided to jump right on the the Avengers. I think it's issue six seventy two, and then they they're doing also a crossover with the Champions mm-hmm. with this. So you have they they're on to issue thirteen, and issue fourteen. I would say that. They're holding on to, or at least the attempt here is to hold on to young readers. And I think that Marvel wants to cultivate their younger fan base because we're all getting older and obsolete, (laughs) (laughs) speaking for myself. Yes. And there are some characters in there that I really like. One, not to pluck a nerve over there on Christian, (laughs) is I do like Vision's daughter and I like Vision. Mm -hmm. And I think they have a little bit more to them. And I do think that there's a lot of quote-unquote meat on the bone when it comes to the champions as a team. And I'm wondering if at some point the writers will take a little bit more chance when they're writing the champions book and start flushing out some of the differences in these characters. That's the one thing that I took away from the last few issues of the Mm. whole, you know, um, crossover was that I've enjoyed the champions more than I have ever enjoyed them um it seems definitely more focused on the champions yeah i definitely agree with tom where i feel like they're trying to sell the champions to everyone (laughs) um which is fine you know as as long as it's you know a good story hey i'm all on board because i love a lot of the characters on the champions so i want that book to be good um but yeah no it it, is it something that i'm running home and so excited to read no no we have other books to do that though. (laughs) exactly we have have garth ennis on garth ennis on um punisher platoon Awesome for grown-ups. <laughs> yes. Daredevil, Charles Soule, great for grown-ups. Yeah. Mm. And I'm um, seeing the trailer for No Surrender, the big Avengers event that's coming up. I think it's January, actually, not December. Um, I'm actually excited for it, but Marvel always gets me with their trailers. <laughs> so I know. They're well, really good at trailers. Um, when I when you said a little bit of what you said earlier about this event. Yes, yes. Um, Hulk is at the end of the Yeah, trailer. I mean, I lost my mind. I don't know if I'll have a salient <laughs> thought the entire <laughs> podcast. When I heard that Bruce Banner will be coming back in all of his glory. And yes, that. yes. It's definitely strongly teased. So after this podcast, you definitely have to check it I out. I have to check that Who out. Who else is dead right now that they can bring back? Because, I mean, Wolverine just, just came back. Just pick anyone. Wolverine. coming back. Mike they, Thor. So, well, Thor's not dead. He's alive. He's just not Thor. But not Thor. But yes. you, he's, he's not Thor himself. Thor Odin's son. Yes. <laughs> How much so. longer do we think uh, Mighty Thor has? At this point, I, I don't been know. I book, hope they, so. they do something where cancer. they both, mm-hmm. you know, they both get to hold the mantle because I really like Jane Foster's Thor. So it'd be a shame to lose that. But I don't know how they rectify even Doctor Strange. I, I have heard I'm not reading the book, but I heard the most recent book that that's now Loki, not well, Strange is getting his own team. They just announced. Have you seen this? No, Christian? I haven't seen it. So Strange is going to be. It's a. It's a mini series called Damnation, I believe. Um, it's going to be Ghost Rider, Strange. Which Ghost Rider? 
I believe, I believe from the, it doesn't really show you. It's just a ghost. You should have seen Christian's face when he asked that question. <laughs> I believe it's the younger ghost writer. I could be wrong. It might be Johnny Blaze though. Cause that Johnny Blaze did look. come back. Johnny Blaze did come back. Yes, so it could be Blaze. Um, do you prefer, you don't, you like the younger ghost writer over Blaze? No, I don't. I don't okay. prefer it, but I want, I want them to actually do something with him. Yeah. For so ghost writer blade is going to be part of the team. Um, and Iron Fist. So what are they just going to migrate most of the team of the Spirits of Vengeance into? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But the team looked cool. Yeah. So Christian got upset. triggered with that legacy event. If <laughs> he you has haven't lots heard, of, yeah, he's any of hurt. our recent podcasts, he was completely bait and switched with that legacy book. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I expected so much more. He led the story. He started it. But he's now, like, I'm going to see breaks. Ghost Rider. I'm going to see Ghost Rider. There still be more Ghost Rider on the. Yes. And it seems like they're planning on big things. Mm-hmm. But it would always be nice if you plug it with a big book to follow within yeah, two or right? three months of mm. something worth reading. I think I said this before. This event has seemed very flat to me. Yeah. And it seems like they weren't prepared Uneventful. for it. Yes. <laughs> well, and I don't even know if they're trying to do like a big event, but it definitely feels very flat. And yeah. I don't know like if they're planning on this like a two, three year, you know, like track for this whole thing, you know, but it just because it looks like they're going towards infinity stuff over the summer, which Eh, another big summer event. I'm not very excited for it. They're so. due. Yeah. I mean, the last one started in April. <laughs> Unfortunately. So I'm know. just wondering where all this is going because I'm because I'm I'm completely caught up with Worlds Collide, and like they're teasing like this is going to get bad. Like even the like yeah, last the last issue, issue. The, the very yeah. last thing is the tragic conclusion is coming. And yeah. Like this is what what's going to happen? Yeah. Are these are these Earths really going to collide at this point? Is no. it going? I know. <laughs> no, they're not. But I don't, what if they're setting something up interesting? When I hope they are. I, I, I'm i wondering if something it. happens with uh, <laughs> maybe Viv and Vision, maybe something, because that whole story seems to be about their relationship. Yes, it is. It's, I mean, it's definitely, she's the, definitely the through line for this story so far. Yeah. I mean, when you watch, the one thing I will say, and I'm the eternal optimist because I'm the fanboy of these of this, of all the stuff. <laughs> I'm right in the middle of it. I put a, a positive spin on everything. But when I see that little, the younger Cyclops character, mm-hmm. when I see him in action in the book, it gets me excited. When I see Amadeus Cho jumping around with Hercules, punching monsters, I get excited. I, I, I think they're, they've worked really hard to get these young characters woven into the larger universe. Mm-hmm. And I've purchased every, of, every one of the Totally Awesome Hulk books. And so I'm on board with Amadeus Cho. Yeah. And if he stays around and Bruce Banner stays around. I don't know how many contradictions this will create here by my next statement. I'll be happy. I'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I think they've established they, him enough in the universe. They could totally do that. I mean, that happens where there's two people yeah. carrying the mantle all the time. Yeah. So I, it won't hurt anything. And I, I don't see them getting rid of Cho as well. I hope they don't know. You know, and I he, he has such a great chemistry with Hercules. I, I know. They were together in a that. book for a while. Um, You know, he was kind of Hercules' like sidekick and everything. Yeah. So I would really love to see Hercules like in that book with Cho. I think I, that would be great too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, I you, one thing that's funny not to stay with the champions for a second <laughs> is I actually enjoy this Cyclops more than I've enjoyed 616 Cyclops for a long time. Nice. The older Cyclops. Yeah, so He's just not an enjoyable character to me. Cyclops, he is kind of boring. <laughs> he's, he, Some he, people... Well, at first he was played as a Boy Scout and then he kind of mm-hmm. had his heel turn and he's still kind of a jerk, you know? I there mean, are, well, that there just gave me a reason to like, the younger, be against him on purpose. Though. Yeah, but awesome. the younger Cyclops <laughs> I actually like as a character. So it's interesting to see that. Some people will live and die with 
with Cyclops. Cyclops. I mean, he is a, when you when you pick on an X Men character, mm-hmm. you have your fans out there mm. who absolutely love that character. Yeah, <laughs> they do. They do. And, and so when you start screwing around with anything having to do with his origins, him being alive or dead, you have people very not or happy. Him being a villain, pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. I mean, that. that heel turn was great. I mean, we go over this over and over and over mm. again. But that was I appreciated what they did with him as a villain. Well, and it was the most he did they did with him mm. for years. I mean, he played that kind of straight laced Boy Scout for decades, and it was nice to see them do something different with the character. Mm. And it's not just me because I always love it when the Boy Scout character turns evil, especially every mm. time I see Superman in any kind of like negative light. I enjoy that character so much more. Mm. I will probably disagree with that later on in the yeah. podcast. <laughs> There was something I saw recently that feels that. <laughs> I wonder what he speaks of. <laughs> hint, hint. Well, uh, while we're on the DC side, a couple books for DC came out. And uh, why don't we start off with um, The Man Who Laughs? Any thoughts, guys? Tom? Mm. I didn't laugh too much during this book. <laughs> um, I'd hope not. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't laughing. I'd be worried for you. <laughs> There's a lot of layers to this. Um, and I think I had to read it through a couple of times and still now I'm struggling to put together a cohesive narrative as to what exactly was going on in the book. Um, for me, I enjoyed the premise of the story more than I enjoyed the execution of the story. Yeah. I think that was, I I like the idea of it being, you know, about the relationship between Batman and the Joker, Bruce and the Joker, but you know, and I like some things that happened during the story, but I was not a huge fan of just the execution overall. Yeah. You know, I felt like it could have been a longer story, like maybe a couple books, you know, to kind of really flush it out. I mean, that's always the disappointing part about all of these tie-ins is that it's just a one issue. That's yeah. it. You're yeah. not getting more. And I want so much more out of all these yeah. characters. Yeah. Man, though, it I, I enjoyed it so much at the beginning because it, this was a Joker that won, basically. Mm-hmm. Even th- he knew he could never beat mm. Batman that way, so he he devised a way to beat Batman. Yeah, it was and a cool concept. It was a completely awesome concept. Yeah, and the I art mean. was really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought I loved See, the art. I, fe- I felt a little shaky about the art at times. Like yeah. I felt like it w- I liked the vintage kind of yeah. style that they were going for. Yeah, but then at times it felt a little like shaky, like it was okay. hit or miss, like like every other page. Maybe um, maybe it was the the it wasn't um, consistent. I kind of trying to say authentic look to it i i think it enhanced the kind of cryptic nature of the book i'm almost wondering because the book is so dark if they went with that kind of vintage feel on purpose to kind of counterbalance it yeah um which i could see because it is a pretty dark book what happens in the book what was your guys's reaction to that lineup where he had each kid come up with their parents and just i'm sorry spoilers shoot each parent in front of bruce yeah, that's, I mean, if there's one way to break Bruce's, you know, to do that, it was pretty dark. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed, like I said, I enjoyed the concept of it. It's just mm-hmm. the execution for me. Um, like, I hated, the one thing I, and I shouldn't say hated is a strong word, but the one thing I did not like was how easily Bruce got the drop on the rest of the Bat family. Yes, they when were. When he kind of disposed of them so quickly. Yeah. And, like, to me, you're trained by Batman. Once Batman says, I've been infected by the Joker, you're already going to, like, step four. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I got to think of this avenue and this. Avenue. There's no way at least Dick would allow that to happen. And yeah. for him to just, to, you know, spoilers, whip out a few machine guns and blast them away, eh. You know, it felt very simple and just 
you know, out of character for the Bat family to be disposed like that so quickly. Yeah, I was expecting at least Todd to be the first one to be like, oh, he's infected by the Joker? Yeah. Point a gun at it. Yeah, Red Hood would definitely be backing away behind Batman, you know, waiting for, you know, what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the images here. I do see that vintage kind of look. I do think they they were kind of utilizing that to to kind of take the edge off of the darkness of this. It, it feels very right. um Tim Sale, which um uh, the the first Captain America book of mm-hmm. the Legacy run also had that feel. I actually looked to see if it was the same artist, and oh, it's wow. not. Um, Tim Sale is one of my favorite artists, so I was like, I, I enjoy this art style. I don't know if it just fit this story well. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of creepiness in the story, and I think that works with this art. Um, I think when you have Joker shown, I mean, how many times has Joker been portrayed in comics? I mean, so often. So when you see it done creatively this way, at least it's it's not the same old look over and over again. Yeah. So I like that as well. Who do you guys think is in the chair? I think it's the Joker. I think he's talking to the Joker. That's my my guess. I could definitely see that, especially since I'm thinking that it's the Joker that we saw at the beginning of the casting or um, whatever the other one was called, uh, where he's actually trying to stop what Mm -hmm. Batman's doing. And I think that would be a very interesting thing Mm -hmm. to see, but I don't know because I don't know if we're getting that in the story or not. I don't know what book that's going to show up in. Yeah, I'm getting a little overwhelmed with the amount of tie-ins. And, um, you know, not to segue into Justice League 33, um, that was one of the books where I was kind of like surprised. I know I believe mm-hmm. Christian pointed out on our Twitter page that it wasn't part like that story wasn't part of the main um, metal books. Um, it just felt like that was something that belonged in the main books mm-hmm. and really the main books will suffer for it not being yeah. part of it. Um, you know, in the yeah. story, basically you have cyborg um, figuring out how to tap into um, his mother box, his mother box, yeah. and kind of take on the Dark Knights. Um, you know, it's a pretty big moment. I once again was not a fan of the execution of it, and it's kind of a story that I would have liked to see Snyder tell. Um, mm, so it just that's felt, a good point, you yeah. know, right? And it just, I don't know, and just the amount of books I'm having to <laughs> purchase, yeah, it's just a lot. I'll I'll comment on two things. I I've. I'm such a DC fanboy that it's taking me longer to get to where Damon's been at for a few weeks now. <laughs> I do, I am starting to question the number of tie-ins. I think that's a valid point now, even for a fanboy like myself. I liked this book more than I liked uh, the Batman, the man who the money laughs or whatever. I just like the hopefulness of it. Um, they really caught me with Murder Machine. So when I see Cyborg showing up in a mm-hmm. book again, it just you get and excited. I'm, a, I'm a, I get excited for the characters. That's awesome. And I think that's one of my biases when I when I start to love a character. I just want to see more and more of that character in different books and oh, different I places. I totally agree. Will I did you that be with Kamala Khan as soon as she came out yeah. as Miss um, Marvel? I was she's like, a great character. I want to see this over and over yeah, and over. She's a great character. Will yeah. you be picking up Cyborg's book now? You know what? I I've been reading the last couple of books and it's taken me some time to get in it. I'm not necessarily hearing the strongest follow through from the voice that I hear when I say voice, the voice of Cyborg in the murder machine. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I want to hear that voice. And I see a little bit here with it because it's a little bit 
obviously it's a metal tie-in, so it's closer. <laughs> it's tied in better. To yeah. the <laughs> you know what I did? This was kind of like the first big win for you know the good guys. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, yeah. Um, in the whole metal run so far, so I that like was that. A nice. That was a nice moment for them, even though it's uh, the man who laughs is kind of like, well, they took the bait. <laughs> at the yeah. end. I know you saw like something bad is gonna happen. <laughs> like, oh no. We um, want it was like the old bait and switch. You're like, like, you know, I feel like I've been keeping up to date with the tie-ins, but I didn't even know uh, the whole Raven. Yeah, the um, Raven angle threw me. You off. know, and that must be happening in Teen Titans. I had no clue what was going on yeah. there. So I mean, and for the amount I've been reading, I feel like I shouldn't be in the dark <laughs> with anything. Mm. Uh, that goes back to something that we've talked about on here before. It's just it's great to have some of these really important things to actually be in the main book. So yeah. if anyone's That's following the event, <laughs> but I think the some of the reasons I like, like, look at this art. Oh, Look no, it's that. great. It's, it's great art. It's what we call gorgeous. <laughs> and the hopefulness of this, even though it's false hope, at this point in the metal, <laughs> we think I yeah. will take false hope. Uh-huh, because it mm. has been very dark. It's very yeah. dark. I call this an Elseworlds, not based on anything. Complete speculation on my part, because it fits some of the criteria that an Elseworlds story oftentimes would fit. Mm-hmm. Obliteration of all your heroes. The plausibility of all this happening feels slim to none. Mm-hmm. You have such a wide, grand scope here. However, having said that, I have no evidence from any reliable source to tell me that this is an Elseworlds. And I, I'll say I'll be disappointed if like these moments don't resonate somehow in the DC universe after the fact. Right. You know, kind of what happened with like Secret Empire, where it's right. like, oh yeah, we you remember when Captain mm. America was a Nazi? Oh, and I don't. That's what, <laughs> Let's that's move what, on. That's so, what makes this an Elseworlds to me. Yeah, there's one side of you that says this better matter. Yes. There's an other side of you that says, I hope none of this matters. <laughs> right. No, yeah, I agree with that's that. That's how Elseworlds stories are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this feels like that. Now, I like it. Mm-hmm. If I if I find a $50 bill, a crisp $50 bill laying on the ground and I can just snatch it up <laughs> in six months, I will walk out to my local comic book store and purchase it in hardcover. It feels, it feels, <laughs> it feels like good. the amount that there's out, you're looking at more than $50. Yeah, you're going to be. Or $75. It's going to be a couple volumes at least. I'll have to walk around the neighborhood for a while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of walking. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm in like Snyder can come out. I think the book drops um, late December. Yeah. Um, metal f- three or four? Uh, five. Five? Is it five? December right? 26. Five? Or is, is it, it five or four? Four. 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 Okay. Oh, Lord. Um, so, four. So, how many more books do we have of metal? The actual six. Names? There's six, six total. Books. So, okay. we have three more. So, I mean, Snyder can, you know, and I'll be back on, you know, board and totally excited yeah. again. So, I mean, I love Snyder. So, it's going to be so satisfying. Exactly. I, I'm, I hate to be go there, but it's going to be so satisfying. Five and six when the tide turns. Yes. Oh, Just definitely. hopefully. There hasn't been too much in outside stories where this will still be enjoyable. Right. Like it's not like it'll rely so much on right. these tie-ins. That's all that's in, like. And yeah, and I think Damon educated us on Snyder before. We I have to be careful because Snyder has a, a reputation mm-hmm. of yes. starting a great story, but the endings don't necessarily land. Or is that another writer? That's another writer, okay. I believe. Okay. I usually love where Snyder goes. Okay, good. Um, you know, it's completely off the wall and something that you wouldn't totally never guess. Yeah. But, you know, he's got balls, yeah. <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. term. And I love that about him. Um, 
So I have faith in him where this is going. You know, I think the issue I'm having is just seeing these other writers, yeah. you know, take his story and craft it where I just want more Snyder. You know, they don't have necessarily the nuances that, you know, Snyder has with his yeah. storytelling. So, so, I mean, and it's not been bad, you know, it's just been overwhelming the amount of tie-ins. And it's the same thing I ran in with Secret Empire, yeah. you know, yeah. where I felt like, you know, I enjoyed a lot of it, but then I felt like I was missing the boat. Yeah. Because I wasn't reading all the tie-ins. Yeah. So, um, I think there's a, there's a valid point in there. Yeah. Um, when you get to DC, the, I will put a shameless plug out there. It's not on our outline, and I do <laughs> apologize. Worry. You're fine. Doom Patrol. I love Doom Patrol. Really? Okay. <laughs> Doom Patrol has a lot of the characteristics that Mr. Miracle has. And metal have now follow me here because that's saying a lot. Okay, it doesn't have the deep, dark, depressive parts that Mr. Miracle has, but it has the outlandish mm -hmm. kind of you know, put a bag over my head, inject me with some chemicals, spin me around, and throw me into <laughs> <laughs> throw me. So, you know, it has that you know, world of spinning thing, <laughs> and it's just so creative, it's so fun. I love the art, I always forget the art. I know Gerard Way is involved in this book, but. I, w I just have to give a shameless plug to Doom Patrol. I'll have to check it out. It's a gorgeous book. Nick Darrington, I guess. I was, I've artist. never read an actual Doom Patrol book. I mean, I always enjoy it when they guest on someone else's book, but, yeah. you know, not enough, obviously, to pick up their own yeah. book. And they've had so many different volumes of books. Like, I feel like yeah. they always start and then stop with yeah. them. Um, so I'll have to check it out. Another thing, too, I'll plug away is Action, The Oz Effect. They're doing the aftermath. That's going to be coming out tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to that book. And does that lead up for Doomsday? or It feels it? like it, it leads up to... In that book, the Oz effect was basically, if I were to lump it all together, what was it about? It's basically questioning time and who's been messing with the time continuum. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So that plugs in very closely to the whole rebirth and where the whole all these rebirth stories have been going. So I would give a shameless plug to that. And then if you're into real core, like, comic book stuff, The Flash has been, like, right on point all the way along. I mean, he is just right in the central parts of that character, and there's always... Where do you find the time, Tom? Yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of books, man. You know what? I just... It's, this Good for is you. what I live on. Yeah, it used awesome. to be carbohydrates before I went on the whole thing. <laughs> now he's fueled by comics. Yeah, specifically, yeah. And... Um, yeah, so I hey, that's I awesome. That. I mean, I you know, and like I said, since we started the podcast, I've really started reading more. Um, I love everything that I've seen X Men wise. Um, I'm still loving and in a mournful kind of way. Yeah. Um, the whole Defenders run by Bendis. So I'm yeah. I'm interested to see who um takes over for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, I love the art in that book. I, I think it's, it's probably gorgeous. my favorite art of any book right now. I think yeah. it's Marquez. Marquez. Yes. Yep, um, he's fantastic. I, I would mean, agree. Everyone should have Marquez on their book. Yeah. Um, just a great, fun book. So I'm, you know, reading it with like, you know, a broken heart a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, so I'm just curious to see where they go and they take the story and what's going to happen to these characters after yeah. Bendis. I mean, obviously. speculation on my part, I'm, is uh, I hope that he has written like 12 issues out. I think they're going to give him, he said that Marvel's kind of giving him carte blanche and letting him leave his characters where he wants to. Like oh, let nice. him finish the nice. story where he wants, which yeah. is awesome. Jessica Jones is another one. Yeah. 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 And he, um, they, I think they announced a female writer for Jessica oh, good. Jones recently that I think Bendez might have um, okay. helped pick. Good. So that's exciting. That you know? is. That's mm. good. 
Uh, the only other book that I've read recently was uh, the Punisher Legacy book. Ah. And, I mean, with with the show out, with um, with the great the Marvel mm-hmm. Max Platoon that came yeah. out, you would think that this book would be, you know, kind of on a different level than it was. And it mm-hmm. was just very action movie playful. Because uh. this is the one where he's becoming um, War Machine. Okay. And it was just very like I'm he runs into Nick Fury and Nick Fury is like hey there's a guy out in the middle east I need you to go kill for me cuz I can't get anyone else to do it. Mm-hmm. Um it's fun, it's playful, they have a lot of mm-hmm. good banter but uh it's just like I have a suit in this facility you have to run in and get the mm-hmm. suit and it's just it was it was just kind of eh. Wait, so Nick Fury gave Punisher the war machine suit? That's yeah. a really bad the idea. The war machine <laughs> suit was being held by the US government and he was like yeah, go get me the suit, and then... Uh, and Tony's going to lose his mind when he finds <laughs> out. And I don't know where Tony is right now. I yeah, think he's, he's kind of off the grid. But if he mm-hmm. finds out that the Punisher's running around with his buddy's suit, mm-hmm. he's going to... I mean, I hate to be Nick Fury. So <laughs> um, that's interesting, though. Well, Nick Fury's goal is to ultimately have the suit for himself in the end. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, nice. he wants it. Uh, after Punisher is done, he's supposed to give it back to Nick Fury. Oh, yeah, that's going to so work out. He, yeah. <laughs> And that's it. Kind of gets back to one of them. Like when I look at books, I look at characters, but I also look at the uh, the writers and the artists. Mm-hmm. So who's writing this book? I do not remember. I know Garth Ennis is writing. Is that how? Am I saying his name wrong? Yes. Yeah, oh, right. I'm saying it right. Yeah. He's such a good writer, and he's so good at writing war. So when I saw Platoon, that's how I say his name. Okay, so I think you're right. (laughs) I think what also helps the other Punisher book, the Platoon book, which is only a six shot or whatever they call that. Um, Jody Belair, I think, is doing colors on that too, Mm -hmm. and that is a wonderful colorist. So you know, it's funny because I really, you know, being a fan of comic books for so long. This last, the Astonishing X Men was the first time I really noticed like how important a colorist is because. Um, they switch artists a couple times during okay. that first like five issues, and it's almost seamless. I mean, the art's obviously different, but the way that the colors color yeah. it is like you know it keeps yeah. it kind of like yeah. in the same world because it can be jarring when all of a sudden you switch yeah. an artist, you know, in the middle of a you know right. an arc. So and um, I think yeah, it's actually are so important and don't get enough credit. I think it's actually Jordi Belair, not Jody Belair. Okay. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Can't seem to find the writer for some reason. I do think it's issue. Two one eight, right? Number two one eight. But it's so that doesn't funny. matter. The Punisher, to get back on the Punisher, mm. you know, yeah. tone wise, he'll have a book that's super serious, and then he'll have another book, you know, at the same time. Because he's such a popular character, he can carry multiple books where it's completely off the wall. <laughs> you know, I know for what well, there was a, a time Becky where he was like Franken Punisher. <laughs> oh, um, that's, that's not that's not <laughs> Becky going Clunan. on. But then you'll have something, you know, where it'll be like Punisher and Nam or something. Yeah. It's a totally Matthew serious Rosenberg. Okay. There you go. Okay. So, and Becky Clooney just had a run on Punisher, which got a lot of uh, positive things. And I read the last two or three books there, and that was just classic Punisher. Mm-hmm. Without all the War Machine stuff, though, mm-hmm. he was just running around the city doing really fun things. My, I loved yeah. it. My favorite Punisher is the street, you know, wise Punisher who's fighting crime, you know, yeah. in an alley, taking out cartels. That's my Punisher. Yeah, that's Becky Clooney. Yeah, so that's, yeah, and Garth Ennis does great. Okay. You know, he has a huge, you know, historic run, I'll say, yeah. um, with the Punisher. So that's always been my favorite. So when I see him, like a book like that, focused on that, that's when I pick up the Punisher. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and he looks just like John Berthal in this one. Of course. Yeah, nice. I wonder why that, that happened. <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea what that connection's about. <laughs> All right, well, the next big thing, of course, is our, is our discussion. And um, we're going to have to talk a 
little Justice League. Yes. All right. All right. Um, so I wanted to do, um, you know, what was your initial reaction to the film? It's just like as few words as possible. Okay. So I'm going to have to coach. I am a complete fanboy of DC Comics, and I was so excited about these characters on screen. And I was excited. Each there were, there were three or four characters that had moments that had my heart jump a beat, and a couple of them I even got emotional. And so when I see when I this film overall to me was extremely positive. Um, I'll get into the things that didn't work. It's not going to be anything different than <laughs> what people have already yeah. talked about all over the place. Mm. But I just like the way Wonder Woman believes. Flash is learning, but they brought his father in that connection into it. I love that. I like Cyborg in this trans transformation he went through. I like that part of the story. Um, Aquaman and some of his lines I thought were really nice. So for me, I just love the characters in this movie. I'm not sure mm -hmm. how, how objective I'm going to be as we go along here. Um but I overall, I just felt like it, I was it m in some ways it it didn't meet expectations. And I'll get to that later. Um, but in a lot of ways, because of those real high points, I walked away with a positive experience. All right. Um, I was overall disappointed um, with the movie. Um, and a lot of it had to do with the movies, the way it was crafted. Um, I just felt like we as fans deserved better. And maybe my expectations were just like through the roof. Uh, all the trailers, everything that I saw, the promos, everything just had me really excited. And, and I'm not a fan of what they've done so far with the DCEU. Um, besides Wonder Woman, you know, I did not like the other movies. But this movie, you know, everything that I saw leading up to it gave me hope. So overall, I was I left the theater definitely disappointed. Uh, I mean, I have similar sentiments, but it's just it felt like a Frankenstein Justice League film, mm -hmm. and where we are at in their universe, it was definitely not um, not what I what I needed for it to be. Uh, it was definitely a, a turn towards the right direction, mm -hmm. but they fell off the road a bit in the process. Yeah, it definitely felt patchworky to me. Like they kind of were like trying to, you know. I mean, that was put a movie together the way that they filmed. I mean, yeah. they filmed it and then they had to refilm it pretty much uh, when they didn't like what they were seeing. So, did you guys see it in three D or in standard? standard? Standard. I can't, I can't do three D. <laughs> I saw it in three D, and I don't know if it was the theater or the three D or what it was. And this, we might be getting to this, but I'll just say that I want to go see it again in standard. That's mm -hmm. I'll keep it to that until we get further into the I review. Feel like, um, so not to get too technical, but with the aspect ratio that they filmed it in, I don't think that would be too pleasant in 3D. It I wasn't. Mean, it was muddy. I mean, it, a lot of the movie was muddy. Um, it just felt like it would have. I wish they would have pushed it back until it was done. You know, it felt unfinished. Um, and they totally took me off, like from the first scene when they show Superman's face and it's obviously CGI'd over his mustache, you know, not to poke too much fun at that. Um, it took me out of the movie right away. Mm. Um, and I felt like, you know, 
Superman had like he was probably my favorite character. There's the character I feel like they did the the most with mm-hmm. um, in this movie where I you know, I felt like if it wasn't for his face <laughs> throwing me off That's hard. I would have really, really enjoyed him. Um and I felt like this was the best Superman I've seen on film since Christopher Reeves. I I agree with you. I you know. have the text to prove it. Mm, I think this know. is the best version <laughs> of a classic Superman yeah. since Christopher Reeves. Yes, absolutely. So, um, you know, that was really disappointing. I just wish they would have, you know, and I know they have so much money rolled up into it and they have a date and they have to stay by the day. But I just feel like, you know, six months, you know, this movie could have been so much better. Um, so it, it was just, I, I just, as fans, I feel like we deserve better. Well, it's just like how I was telling Tom earlier. I mean, we were holding our, uh, thoughts as much as possible, but it started to leak out as soon as we started putting the mics together. Um, the problem was, is that they decided and to film this back to back with Batman vs Superman. If yes. they hadn't done that, if they had assessed what they had gotten from mm-hmm. Batman vs Superman and taken the time to work through that. And decided, you know, I mean, they decided they wanted to change that feeling, but they did it in such a way where it was too rushed to, they didn't have time to. You could tell they were changing things on the fly. So let's get some of the, I mean, what didn't work? The (laughs) the CGI didn't work. Yes, that's. It was muddy. It was horrible. Like, horrible. Mm -hmm. Steppenwolf didn't work. No. He was not, I didn't care at all about anything going on with Steppenwolf. And I don't think that's a good thing. I think when you look back at movies that really do work. Like the Dark Knight, mm. Joker stole the movie, yes. and he was the enemy or the whatever you call that. In technical Your villain terms. needs to matter. Yeah, a villain. Yeah. Yes, and Thanks. you need to be scared of the villain. Yeah. You know, you need to actually feel like he's a threat. Yeah, you know, and I I knew he was big and bad, and he could yeah. do you know horrible things, but they I said didn't care. he was big and bad, but which was you yes. have to, It's like show me, don't tell me. Yes, and you needed to see it. Now I will completely contradict myself here because that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I loved. I loved with a capital L, Superman returning to form and pounding Steppenwolf easily. I think Superman needed that more than the movie needed something else to happen. And because of how they treated Superman and Batman versus versus Superman and how he was so grim and you didn't see his power and he was struggling and then he dies, I think him coming out and just pounding Steppenwolf is what he needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it hurt the movie probably because it would have had more suspense if it would have been more of a fight. But I loved it. And actually, I wanted him to get on top of him, straddle his shoulder blades down, and punch his head into the ground <laughs> like a Punisher may have done in his series. Not mm. that we're talking about that um, today. <laughs> you know, my thing is with that, it just took away the whole team aspect of it because it felt like the team could have just resurrected, you know, Superman and then just like, you know, got on the bench and watched what was going to happen next. Yeah. That Isn't that what happened? Yeah, pretty I much. I mean. Wonder Woman had a few moments. But you know, even within um, that, this was they should have probably called this the resurrection of exactly. Superman. Exactly. Like it could have just been Because that's what a, this was. It could have just been a Superman movie. Yeah. Honestly. And like then give us a Justice League movie after the fact. But if you think about it this way, how excited are you that they actually have at least a template? This is Superman's power set. This is what he looks like when he is unbridled. This is who he is. When he's ready and, to go. Yeah. And when you saw when he shows up against Steppenwolf in that cheesiest line in all history is said, <laughs> you know, I believe in truth or whatever it was, yeah. Yeah. that made me cheer because here comes a powerful dude who's going to he's going to defend his team. He's going to defend Earth or whatever else. And I actually like that. So I think they got Superman 
right and I, I guess they need Josh Whedon to do the Superman film because he seems to know how to do strong characters. Hey, just after back. The problem okay. is I don't even think you. that Superman <laughs> movie is even on track right now. I think it's not even in pre-production. So no. it's going to oh, be a while before you get a Superman. Movie. Thank, I mean, and maybe they'll fast track it. They now. need to because he take was. A I feel like he was the star of the film. He was. And I don't even like Superman that much. Um, you don't have to d- after you see this. This is Superman. Like, let the character breathe a little bit. But they're gonna. I agree with Christian though. You you're gonna need some better writing at some point. Oh, absolutely. I'm not gonna say the story. No. I will, I'm not going there. <laughs> okay, I'm not going there. I did like the characters, but I will go. Near the story, yeah. The this should have been Superman to begin with. Yes. Oh, absolutely. This that's that's the problem. And what I would have wanted for this film is maybe I they've ruined kind of their opportunity to do the death of Superman and the return of Superman. Yeah. And one of the Too things, soon. Yeah. One of the things they could have done is made this more like the return of Superman. I mean, they yeah. had that kind of convoluted how they brown back to life way. Why not have him be weaker at this point? Just come back. He's a little bit weaker. He needs a little help. And then we have this team dynamic. And that's why you have the league. That's why you have the league together to fight him. As much as I agree with that, I will say that I enjoyed seeing him at his full power set much, much more than what you're describing, Mm -hmm. even though that would have been a lot better as a movie. It would have made better for a movie rather (laughs) than just Yeah, call Justice League. (laughs) (laughs) I think when you see this Superman, I, I would just say for him, and to me, Superman is a living, realistic character. You can tell by the way I'm talking. Uh-huh. Like he actually exists. Uh-huh, he's okay. a real. He's a real character. I love the passion. He needed it more than the movie needed it. Um, <laughs> like and for that, the Justice League. I don't care. <laughs> CGI, be whatever, everything gone. I was so happy when he hit Steppenwolf, and Steppenwolf went flying like a. Like a beach volleyball into the wall. See, but do you think it's really the powers that you are so excited about? Because Man is still he's super powerful and he's unleashed and everything. I to me it felt like you know Superman just the way his tone, like him smiling and you know it was both. He's like you know he's actually you know uh, optimistic and he, but Superman he knows he's gonna win. Superman, it, the character that he had, and the reason why it looks like the reason why Superman the movie makes sense is he, frankly, didn't know his power set that well. He's going up against three kryptonites. They're all military trained. Once they learn what their power... I'm are, talking are you about talking about Donner? Are you talking about... Um, no, I'm talking about the... What Man were of you Steel? talking Let's go... Yeah, you about rewind. Steel? Yeah, Man of Steel. I'm talk- oh, I was talking about Man of The Kryptonians? Re- yeah, the Kryptonians. Were you, okay. okay. So, what, what, flash forward to Justice League. I thought his, like you said, his demeanor, his countenance, his bright smile, his belief in the truth... Him being impregnable, I thought they the character needed that so badly. I think it w- the place where they could have first entered a little doubt into this is when they wake him up with the mother box and he flies out and now the Justice League confronts him. I think a lot of people maybe didn't like this part, but what I did like about it is it did reaffirm his powers. Mm-hmm. He pretty much held the entire Justice League in check. Yeah. I don't know. I, it just wasn't <laughs> what I was looking for in a Justice League I movie. Know, I know. I, as a Superman movie, maybe, but as a Justice like I almost wish they would have done Death of Superman, you know, brought him back, or Return of Superman, this would have been, mm-hmm. you know, and then you kind of have the team slowly forming, and then after this movie, then they go full Justice League. And then those characters all have their own moments. You get to know Aquaman a little more. You get to know Flash. You get to know um, Cyborg. 
and then you go into a Justice League movie full swing and let them have time. Because one thing that, um, you know, with the Avengers movies, each one of those characters leading up to it had their own movie. So yeah. you didn't have to spend too much time yeah. getting to know them in the Avengers movie. Yeah. You kind of already knew you had the template. Um, where this movie, I felt like they had to spend more time, like, you know, with like Cyborg yeah. and Flash and everything. Now, I will say, I enjoyed the actor's portrayal of all the characters. I okay. just felt like they gave them garbage to say. And that was my issue with the movie, where I felt like everything was so thin. I mean, I enjoyed moments, especially yeah. with Flash. I thought Flash stole the, the show, and I, I kind of knew that from the trailer. I will, I will disagree with you on that. I you thought know? the tension between Batman and Wonder Woman, that wasn't thin. I mean, I haven't seen meaningful dialogue that in that in a number of superhero stories in a long time, See, except I, for perhaps Logan. Mm -hmm. Logan was not paper thin. That was a thick, yeah. dense movie in, a, in all the right ways. I thought Wonder Woman had more dialogue in there. But I think that tension between those characters and how it revealed itself on the screen was a bright spot in this movie. I just felt it was contrived. And I felt like Wonder Woman. Especially, In what way was it contrived? I just felt like it was forced. I can't get over the fact that Wonder Woman stopped being a hero for 100 years. So you don't like that plot turn, but that's different than contrived. I think. Well, I, my issue is that it just felt like that plot, that whole 100 years thing, yeah. was to lead to this tension. So that's my issue with it. You know, I felt like it was really just kind of forced that tension in there. For a character like Wonder Woman, the fact that she wouldn't be a hero for that long, I just don't. And I, I didn't feel like I was left that in that place after Wonder Woman. Well, you know? they, we were left in that place after Batman versus Superman. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. Yeah. And that's I the mean, problem. So they had to go back and revisit that. And I was yeah, hoping that they would just kind of forget that. <laughs> I know that I've heard that criticism. So that's a, that is a fair criticism. I think there's a number of people that are making that criticism. But given what we have. <laughs> and they chose to go at it. I thought how they went at it between Bruce Wayne and Diana Prince on screen felt meaningful, felt it got at Bruce and his problems. It got at Diana with what we were given, which is she went absent for a century. And I know I love that. Line. Yeah, I, I thought that, that was one of the high scene, points. But it ends there. That's, I mean, for me, it ends right at that moment yeah. after that confrontation. Like what? Ends? She doesn't hold um, that. For that, for me, that feeling of tension, where it's just like, "Oh, you boys are doing bad." Is afterwards, that's how she seems to be. It's just like I disagree what you're what you're doing, but I'm I'm gonna let it. Happen. I think it lingers in the air, like that particular narrative, because it comes back up again when Diana sees Bruce in his office or room, whatever, and he's bruised up and needs his shoulder to be put back in place. They actually revisit it again, and she talks a little bit about her transforming into the leader that she needs to be. And I think we might not like that storyline. We might not find it very exciting. We might not even want to see it after the Wonder Woman. But I think that tracks with the, with the narrative in the movie. I just think it's such a disservice to that character and that Wonder Woman movie. I really do. And I feel like it's kind of ridiculous that Batman would have to convince Wonder Woman, a princess of all these, you know, this whole race, to be a leader. Um, I just, it, it just didn't, after watching Wonder Woman, yeah. I would never think that we would go back to that. Yeah. Um, so it was just disappointing for me. And maybe that did take me out of it. Um, you know, I enjoyed the conversation between Alfred and Batman after that yeah. little mix. And I definitely felt like that was a Whedon moment. 
Um, but yeah, for Wonder Woman as a character, like I feel like they didn't capitalize on the Wonder Woman movie. And even so, I think Wonder Woman was like the second best used character in this film because my main problem was Batman and how he acted, yeah. how his his motivations, his story, his plans. Yeah, and I don't think it took away from Wonder Woman at all. I mean, she had this great moment in the bank where she says, I believe, and I believed her when she said, I believe. That was one of the high points in the film for me. I think throughout, she was the one going right toe-to-toe with Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. I think she was leading. I think when you land with your group of the group before Superman gets there, it's her, and she's leading. So just because you have dialogue that fleshes out possible questions, that didn't take any way thing away from her actions. Her actions were one of a leader, and she did that throughout this film. I just don't think she needs the pep talk from Batman. And we could agree to disagree, and that's fine. I just didn't feel like I she I don't call it a pep talk. I think yeah. it's just talking about it. Yeah. I, I, don't th- and I don't think she does either. I don't think the movie portrayed her as needing I just felt like that whole tension moment was based on that and it just felt I don't know it just wasn't for me and that's yeah you know we can we can disagree on this show yeah (laughs) yeah so I thought a couple of other high points was Flash um there's a couple of moments where he um showed his power set and we might not agree with the context with in which it was portrayed but on screen (coughs) it was breathtaking moments that were just made me Smile, <laughs> like when you saw Superman and Flash line up to race. I knew he was going. Uh, to I be love like that. Entertaining. I knew he was going to be a great yeah. character. The only thing I didn't like was that um, the main thing, only thing, was when he gets injured, his leg gets injured, and it's like a cut, and all of a sudden he can't use his power. Yeah. He's like, has it, to be well, in all fairness, they didn't the actually way. show how bad his leg was cut, but. What we have in the storyline is okay. Something happens, like now he needs to be carried away. Mm-hmm. He does have super healing factor, healing, so yeah. he'll heal that's fast. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. So to me, that's like eh, I don't look at that. And this think. this portrayal almost felt more like Wally West to me than Barry. Um, you know, and it was definitely because he's a younger Flash. Um, yeah. But it was a fun portrayal, and I I would definitely be interested in seeing a Flashpoint movie as long as different writers and different creators are connected to it. I like the connection to his father in prison. I do. Mm-hmm. I thought that that has depth. I don't think that's paper thin. No, that's it, a, it's an important part yeah. of his story, and it definitely gets you excited for him in the future. Yeah. Like, I think the movie did a good job of making me, for me, want to know where these characters are going to go, yeah. wanting to see what kind of film they will have on their own. I, um, I was definitely surprised by the portrayal of Aquaman. I, I definitely didn't think I was going to get this kind of loner. Um, didn't really. He doesn't know much about his own like right. his own kingdom and everything about right. it. Like I was not expecting that whatsoever. And even um, there, like when he meets Mira, I, I was totally like thrown off by that. I know because I was. I thought they would have already known each other. I thought he yeah. would have understood what um, he comes from and everything. And I, I think that made it interesting. Made me more what what's Aquaman the film going to be like? And that's yeah. that's good for that character. That's I good. I that's mean, that is good, and that's what they wanted. And that's know. where I will be. I will say that I, you hear a lot about how much people liked Aquaman. I thought his lines made him an interesting character, and he's mm-hmm. kind of a surfy, surfer boy hipster. Mm-hmm. However, if you think about him as being a king... Yeah, and that's, that's like, what a film should do to bring I don't, that out in you. Yeah, and I don't. Should, that's probably the growth, the, the character that's going to happen. Yeah, hopefully yeah. that'll happen in the next film. But if we just look at what we have, mm-hmm. I thought that if I were to look at these characters and which ones were at 
farther down the totem pole. Batman and Aquaman would be lower for me. Mm-hmm. Wonder Wo- Superman, Flash, Wonder Woman, Cyborg. I really like Cyborg's portrayal because you think of what he's balancing in the moment. Like mm-hmm. he's transforming and learning this power set really in real time. And things are firing up as he sleeps at night and he's getting new powers and he's recognizing what he's dealing with. Now that kind of somber kind of the world's against me, everything's horrible in my life kind of thing. I know that doesn't always resonate as all that inspirational on the screen, but I did like that the way that character progressed through the movie. There was definitely something there where they were there was a story angle that they probably cut. That there was something that probably Snyder had planned that they completely changed about that character. And I noticed that because um, the mother was supposed to originally be. The mother was. They shot scenes with the mom. Oh, the mom's too. in this film? The mom was supposed to be supposed in the, to be the mom, yeah. And they're supposed to have flashbacks to when he was on the football, football field and, and everything, everything else. like that. Yeah, yeah so, I remember seeing those uh, set photos. It's even in our videos yeah. of him in the suit. But um, I heard they trimmed an hour out of this movie. Yes. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> Cyborg. <laughs> it's amazing to say the least. <laughs> Cyborg. Uh, it's like I I enjoyed parts of him, and then there's parts I didn't enjoy, and it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't his somber act that no probably. yeah I was no. actually surprised like when they mentioned it in like review like yeah. uh, previous things they were saying how dark and how like, yeah he needs to be this I was like I kind of you know him learning these powers him um yeah. having this mystery inside he's, him and he doesn't understand I like that he just lost everything it so I understand why he is kind of sense. in a dark place that makes sense for that character now. Could they have spent more time with him? Yes. Yeah. You know, I felt like his scenes were a little too thin, um, and I felt like you know they were kind of just thrown in at times, and they kind of left you wanting more. So that's you know that was my you know issue with it. Now, would I be interested in seeing a cyborg movie with the right director and the right script? Yes, I would. I yeah. felt like the actor did a fantastic job as cyborg. Yeah. Now, the effects though totally threw me with cyborg i think the effects would be my biggest criticism which i would agree with you with yeah i think you could see the density in his character and what he was struggling with and so i think the thrown together part that you're referencing might be just what was left on the editing floor and the edict that came down from on high to keep this movie under two hours some of the casualty there is something his story yeah cut because it felt thin to me it felt like we needed more cyborg to yeah. know where he was. I don't know if I would call it thin. I think I would call it we just wanted more because what was there is kind of, I think I thought was dense. Well, once again, we'll agree to disagree. We are disagreeing a lot today. <laughs> <laughs> so Superman kind of raises from the dead. They use the mother box to do it. There was kind of a cool scene in there where Flash has to provide the power from on high. I didn't like that. Where, and some people <laughs> didn't like that, but I did like the fact the visuals were nice. I like the way they use his power set and Cyborg being Cyborg. I, I just don't understand do Batman's, like, he wanted to bring Superman back. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't understand his plan, you know, and, like, how we got, like, what was his plan long term? It just, for Batman, it felt like this movie was kind of disservice because I feel like, you know, his whole character is all about prep and, you right. know, I always have a plan for the plan for the plan. But it felt like this one was like, he we, didn't really have a plan. Need, we need Superman back. It's called Lois Lane. You know, but, how? like. That was How the plan. Know he was going to resurrect him. Here's <laughs> what I have a problem with his plan. That was his plan, though. The only thing he knew about that mother box is that it creates evil. The only thing he knew about that chamber is that it created doomsday. His plan was to take the most powerful okay, man what in two the words? Universe. You used the word twice there. What was it? Created. 
created, yes. There you go. Brought something to life. That's what it was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm following the logic that was given to me in the movie. The movie gave me a logic. I'm simply arguing the logic that was presented well, to that's me. That's fine. So you don't know if... <laughs> You've totally thrown Christian for a loop. <laughs> and I know I know where you're going here, at least I think I do. I've listened to other podcasts with comic book geeks, people that really know the DC history. The mother box wasn't used in this way. <laughs> and so that's a problem. Um, and well, he I'm, didn't even know what a mother box was. I'm providing the ask. tension in this podcast today. <laughs> uh, and the, the scary thing is I believe a lot of it. Um, but I did, I did like the way Flash and Cyborg and everybody worked together. Um, Lois Lane was the backup. Um, now, that I think that actually covered up what Damon's point really is here, which I do agree with. Batman didn't seem quite as Batman-y and two steps ahead as he he's consistently portrayed in all the comic books that I read. He always knows what's it's what yeah. makes Batman Batman. Yeah. I mean, you even you <laughs> and take, that's hard. You take the portrayal that he had in the previous film. Yeah. And this is this is Batman not versus that same Superman. Bat- yes, Batman versus Superman. This is not that Batman. And I I can understand you course correction. To make, it is a it, absolutely. It's a, it's a course it's correction a cor- for and an almost a good one for almost every other character except for Batman. Yeah, they over. I can understand. Um, well, like you might be mixing a couple of things together, though. Like he doesn't have the plan, and I agree with Damon and Christian on this one. Batman always has a plan. Don't cross correct from that because yeah. that's got to be the core aspect of this character. But what did happen to him in Batman versus Superman is he realized and had an epiphany. I am not powerful enough. I got to go grab a team. It's the whole premise for pulling the Justice League together. And when you mix those two together, sometimes you're like, okay, where does that lead Batman? I don't think, and this will be my first controversial statement of the day. No, I've been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I think Batman's portrayal in BVS was actually stronger than in Justice League. No, that's not controversial at all. No, No, I agree. Let's say say yes to that. I actually think that was the bright spot in BVS. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. In this, he was not the bright spot. No, he didn't need, because really, I think, Ben Affleck's um, and what they had for Batman was probably the strongest part of that movie yeah. in um, Batman vs Superman. The other, the other pluses I'll get out here since I'm doing a, a lot of talking here. I like the connect. <laughs> so talk more, Tom. Uh, so talk more. There's some connections here that they threw out there that um, are you know plus minus. Who knows? When you see Green Lantern make a cameo in the first fight that oh, yeah, Steppenwolf has with the gods, and I like that. I like the reference to not to the new gods. Um, I think it actually gives them an out because they could actually decide. They reference Dark Side in here. I think Flashpoint's their yeah. outs. Flashpoint really is definitely like their out. Well, no, point. I mean the out for the logic that they're trying to create here is like maybe you don't want to try to bring Dark Side back right now, especially with Marvel doing Thanos on the mm-hmm. other side and some of the visuals being close but horrendous when you put them side to side together. And I'm referencing Warner Brothers terrible way of putting their CGI stuff together. You might want to go with a different new god for an enemy. Hey, that's that's fine. Just make sure that new that that villain makes like if this is a pawn of Darkseid and he's this easily defeated, Darkseid looks by like Superman. by Superman. This makes Darkseid look like he's just going to equal Superman yeah. at, at most. At that, max. that that can't happen because no. in the comic books it's a it's a battle. Yes. Yes, you need the Justice League. 
to defeat dark side along with Superman. yeah i agree with that as well um so but uh i like deathstroke yeah. at the very end that was cool yes, that was cool uh, that was interesting the uh the only shot in the the movie that didn't have a cgi background <laughs> uh them going over the, how could uh, you tell <laughs> <laughs> i i <laughs> there was times where it was so like the CGI got so weak, it almost looked like claymation at points with uh, Steppenwolf at the end. Like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, it just, I don't know if it was the theater I was, it was seeing horrible. it. horrible. It was so disappointing. I don't know why they didn't just pull it back or, you know, throw more money at it. But it just. There's a, there's a $300 million dollar movie. They yeah. didn't need to throw more mo- money at it. They just needed people to allocate right that people? money in the right Another direction. thing that I'll, I will. Sh- this is a negative, a big negative on my part, and it goes to something that Damon referenced earlier. They had several, several shots where they showed Wonder Woman, like parts of her body, in mm-hmm. a way that was sexualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that did not happen in Wonder Woman, not even once. Um, and I, that. they did a disservice to Wonder Woman by doing that in this film. Um, even the outfit she goes, I was telling this to Christian, she wear this like kind of like, you know, cleavage heavy outfit yeah. when she goes to visit like Cyborg. Yeah. Like, why would she be wearing that? No, you know? and they it show just, the leather pants from the behind. Just, it's, you know, don't do that to Wonder Woman. No, This no. is someone we respect. This is someone that holds the team together. She's a leader. We go there for her character, not for that. There was a point where I almost walked out of the theater. I got really scared because during one of the battles with Steppenwolf, Aquaman kept on bailing out Wonder Woman. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you really doing this? Now, she got hers because she came in. She saved Aquaman at the end of it. But like I was like really like I, we're going completely backwards with this character. So I I mean I'm glad with that they that, did that. Yeah. If they did that, I would I would have left the theater at that point. And I I completely agree with you, Damon, on that. Like you established such a baseline in Wonder Woman, you have like continuing that baseline is the thing to do. So I agree with you. I would have loved to see them give this movie to like Patty Jenkins. You yeah, know, and let her have these characters, right? You know, give just, her the universe. Yeah, just let her be <laughs> whatever universe there is, and just it sounds like Snyder's on his way out with this. I don't. They think can't give him anything else. I can don't they? think so. I don't think so. Um, I feel like she's the one to helm this and really just kind of you know just oversee everything, just tone wise. She takes these characters seriously. Yeah, I just would love to see her, you know, have the whole universe in her hands if she can do. What she did with Wonder Woman, with these other characters like Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg, I would be so excited. Where do you guys see this going now that we, now that we've had this film? What is next, and or what would you want as the next Justice League film? Well, first I'll put it out there, and this is the fanboy talking. I don't know if you have another Justice League film for a while. I think that's seriously in doubt right now because yeah. of how this movie's doing. And because of the things that you're referencing, you're Christian and Damon. Let's just be honest. You're referencing points that 90% of critics are are stay, saying about this movie. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if you have another Justice League film for a while right now. But having said that, I'll let you guys talk a little bit. Um, I would hate for them to just trash the whole universe. It would be so. I mean, it would be so just backwards to have to start mm-hmm. over again. Um. You know, especially with how awesome Wonder Woman was. So I, I really hope that they at least, because I know Aquaman's already in production. Um, yeah. I, you know, I hope that, you know, Aquaman's is a, a huge success. 
I think it's James Wan, Wan is doing that. That's movie, right. Who's a fantastic director. Um, I'm a huge horror movie fan, as I said over and over again. Um, he's actually been producing a lot of my favorite horror movies the last you know ten years. So I really, really hope that you know Aquaman kind of gets them back on the right foot, and you know they can go from there and they can get the right creative people to you know do these solo stories and then you know who knows maybe in like five six years we're ready for another justice league movie because we trust again um i just i'm a little kind of you know scorned by this movie so i just you know like i was excited i understand tom's you know point you know like i was excited by these big moments and seeing these characters that i love on the screen but i just felt like they they deserve more and they you know they could have done more with them um so i'm hoping that they get there with this franchise i really do so i don't christian how do you feel oh well i mean the immediate thing i see them doing is like especially with the that ending with um lex luther saying let's build a league of our own um i i definitely see that as their stepping stone for these next um solo films it's introduce the villains that will be part of that team I definitely see them holding off on Dark Side for years. I, I think that's yeah. I think that's I just think it's the next league movie, yeah. In the yeah, in a good five, six years. I totally agree. I don't bring Tom Snyder. No, <laughs> they're not ready. They're just no. not ready for him production wise. I don't feel like they're ready. So um, Yeah, until they get a better CGI team and someone I think you're hitting on a point though, like most people agree that can we agree that it was really exciting to see Deathstroke show up? Yes. Oh, absolutely. So I was excited about that. you have a street-level Batman movie stuff, I yeah. think Batman, Matt Reeves, is going to resurrect DC. And I think Wonder Woman continuing with her movies is going to. It's gonna, just if they. But if not, the, not that big connected DCU Justice League thing. I don't know about that. The one, you know, my, not to be the negative Nancy here, but the one thing that did annoy me with that scene was that it was that Lex Luthor. You know, like, yeah. I, you know, it's like, why is Lex Luthor acting like the Riddler? You know, like, I just. Yeah, you, you keep know, hearing that he was a better know. Riddler than he yeah, was a Lex Joker. Luthor. I've heard people say Joker. I, 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 I see more of the Riddler. Um, but I have a theory on that, too. I know Eisenberg can act. I want to hear it. What's the theory? I, my theory is that they asked Brian Cranston, actually, to be Lex Luthor, and he said no to it five years ago. Is that true? Really? Oh, I, I know he was rumored for a while. I don't know if he, because he's excited about doing, like, he wants to be um, Mr. Sinister. In an X movie, oh. like he's put this, so it's like, it seems like he's game to he do a He was a no brainer to be Lex Luthor. Oh my gosh! That you be, just throw him in. You that. could have my money now. <laughs> like I would be all about. That. We will take you seriously. Yeah. You'll act the living daylights out of that. You won't have to convince us you're not somebody else. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse Eisenberg is actually a good actor. Yeah, yes, he is. That's what doesn't so make sense. That's he's doing the say. script, um, which I just, I guess, I don't like the script. <laughs> So, Something's not working here, and yeah. the whole piece doesn't work. Yeah, it, I don't know. I don't know. Jesse Eisenberg's like character of Lex Luthor seems like the kind of Lex Luthor that would become a supervillain because Superman burnt his hair off. I mean, that's that's the kind yeah. of character we've got. And I think what, what you run, I think what you <laughs> run into here, like in rewatching Batman versus Superman, it actually. God bless you. I know. <laughs> I like that film. I know. And that's I good. actually like it. And do you like I, it more the more you watch it? Yeah. That's awesome. Good I watched you. it today. I liked it more than I did the first time I watched it. In this Justice League film, I Sorry, liked quick it. Quick question. Yeah. Did Justice League make you like that movie more? Yeah. Okay. All right. I like Batman a lot in that movie. Um, 
I think when you see Superman so dour in BVS, mm-hmm. and then you see him in Justice League smiling in a brighter suit and stronger, that contrast makes me really love the Superman in Justice League. Okay. Um, so do you did you like it more because it made you like Justice League more? Like the uh, like I I, I could see more of what they were trying to, to do go for when I saw the comp when I saw the the difference between what he <laughs> should look like and what he and even yeah. though he when I say he should have looked maybe different in Superman they got his tone off. However, in rewatching it, the scene between Batman and Superman when they're fighting and he's Batman's got the kryptonite, I would just ask people. How did you think that was going to look? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really just think about it, like, I how did you think that war between Batman and Superman was going to look? You know Batman's going to win because mm-hmm. Batman's willing to do anything. Anything They established that in the storyline, and he did. Yeah. And so I had no surprise with how that went in the movie. It doesn't bring the movie Were a lot of people upset about, like, how that battle ended or... I well, think they're upset. How it with ended, yes. Yeah. How it ended? Okay. Because of the Martha moment. The Martha moment. Like I understand Not that being. The, I, I haven't heard anyone complain about the actual fight. Because I was Other like, hey, that's how it works in short. Dark Knight. So, like, I mean, to me, it was Dark Knight. You know, Batman does take out. Well, Superman. the Martha moment works for me um, because I can track the. I can understand the logic. And now we're getting into BVS, and you guys <laughs> didn't want to do that. Did you do this to me, Dave? Yes, on purpose. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't mean to open up that rabbit hole. I, I Sorry, let me let me crawl out. Zero to five. How many mother boxes would you give this? Um, one and a half. I'll go two. And I would give it a three out of five. Respect. Respect. All right. Um, we also wanted. You know, we've been getting tons of great shout-outs from other podcasts. We've been getting tons of great, you know, community. I mean, that's that's what Pardon Family is. It's all community, and we wanted to give out some shout-outs ourselves. Uh, yeah, so we wanted to just, you know, since it is Thanksgiving, uh, we are thankful for these other podcasts. They are been very, they've been very supportive of us. Um, so we just want to give a shout out to Talkie Box Podcast um, at Talkie Box. You can find them on Twitter. Um, their little blurb is we talk about things you want to hear dot dot eventually <laughs> um, they are a really fun podcast to listen to they've got great chemistry it's very much more like conversational um, but just a fun podcast and a great listen um, we also want to talk um, shout out to weird with you podcast um, at weird underscore with you um, they're a quirky couple uh, who discuss weird topics and uh, goes on fun tangents every Wednesday for your amusement. And they're as entertaining as they are weird, and they are yes, weird. yes, it's completely just you know almost it feels like an aimless conversation, but a fun conversation. Super quick witted and just a great listen. Um, Nick and Vince's podcast at Nick and Vince. Um, just, I mean, these guys are the world to us. They had us on recently. Um, check out that episode. They're going to be, they didn't have a little blurb, um, but you know, they just discuss kind of different subjects and they're they very a big deep dive on uh, Punisher. Yes. Yes. And they kind of, I mean, they're really well researched and, you know, bring great conversations, um, to the podcast and, um, you know, check them out. Um, they're at Nick and Vince. Um, we also want to shout out at Bad Manta. Um, at Bad Manta Comics. 
um, their news and reviews on all things. Um, Tom, our co-host, also reviews over there. Um, check them out. I know they do. They have a podcast of their own. I think it's the DC Boys. Or uh, DC wrong? Dudes. Or DC no. Dudes. Or, yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I'm not sure about that, but check them out. I'm sure their information's on their podcast. Um, and then we also want to um, just give a shout out to Comic Relief Podcast. Um, their little blurb is we discuss anything and everything comic book related, comic, TV shows, and movies. Um, these guys are a beast on Twitter. Um, lots of great conversations ha- happening over there. Um, they kind of sharpen my Twitter teeth, if you will. Um, just kind of following them. Just you know, they they do things like where they post like different trading cards from the '90s was right up my um, alley, and just really start conversations that way. They um t- they respond to you right away, which is awesome and always what you want out of a Twitter follow. Um, just a great great um podcast and an awesome they um the um, I don't know the name of the guy, but he writes really great articles, um especially about the X uh, universe. Okay, and just to clarify, I got a mental block there at batmanta they do have a podcast it is the dc dudes um another shout out i want to give is to steve say at talking comics and uh, i love talking comics um they have a, a weekly podcast they cover um book comic books movies anything superhero related uh they do dabble in a little supernatural and horror kind of reviews every now and then and but i, I love the whole group over there so i want to give a shout out to them as well nice yes uh, so we can be found on tons of places. Uh, if you want, you could. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, YouTube. We have our own channel with exclusive content. Uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Facebook. Also, we have exclusive content up there. Please follow us on Facebook, uh, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And most importantly, we're always on Twitter. Find us at Longbox Scavenge, not without the R uh, <laughs> or the S. <laughs> uh, definitely find us there. Uh, we we are constantly messaging back and forth. We are constantly on there, retweeting, yeah. talking. We love getting our opinion out there. We love hearing your guys' opinion, and we will definitely talk about your opinion the more we get it. Yeah. So respond to us. Call. Talk to us. Come on. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, follow us. Um, also, uh, we have a great band that uh, you probably heard at the beginning of this called. They're our house band. Um, they are them Guilty Aces. Um, check them out. They have a Twitter page. They're also on iTunes, and they just recently shot a music video that I could have been part of, but I got that. Um, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, check them out. Awesome Chicago-based band. Um, Rockabilly. Anthem. All right, uh, and that's, I mean, that's it for episode 11. we got a lot more coming out for you, so just check us out. Uh, that's for me, Christian. Damon. And Tom. Oh,